Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Don't Give Up Skeleton. I'm your host, Jeremy Greer. This week, we are joined by John G. John is a very enthusiastic Souls player who has played an awful, awful lot of Dark Souls. <laughs> You'll hear in the in the actual episode where he has played thousands and thousands of hours of Souls. We sit down and talk about his journey through the games, his kind of starts and stops with Dark Souls 1, finally get into Dark Souls 2, and then Bloodborne. I think it's a really, really good episode. One quick note, uh, at the end of this, he gives his Twitter handle, which he has subsequently changed. It is now at 99Dexterity. That's two nines in the word Dexterity. So go check him out on Twitter. He's a profilo. And also, enjoy the episode. Let's let's get into it. Why don't you tell me about the uh, the first Souls game that you ever played? All right. Well, my first Souls game, I had no idea about Demon Souls. That completely blew over my head. And uh, at the time, I had GameFly because that was a thing. I don't know if it's still a thing. It is. I have GameFly. And do they still do they still do that? Well, my brother, like he had GameFly, and like we had a free slot, and he was like, "Yeah, get whatever you want." And my cousin recommended Dark Souls, and I was like, "What's that?" And he's like, "It's this." action adventure game it's really hard like he tried to sell me on the difficulty so i got it like me and him tried to co-op it didn't work because i guess trying to actually connect with someone in dark souls one was real hard it <laughs> didn't ever work i'm assuming with this, this you said gamefly so it's definitely the console version huh oh yeah it was a 360 yeah that was my introduction to it and so i played it for a bit uh as you're going through the undead berg like you go down a flight of steps right past like the crossbow tower mm-hmm. and there's like those three little hollows right there. They killed me more times than I think anything in Dark Souls 1 ever had because I just died to them about 30 or 40 times right there. <laughs> and I got to the Taurus Demon. I beat him. It took me like fucking a thousand tries, which is mind blowing for me now because I can beat the Taurus Demon in my fucking sleep. You climb the ladder, you fall down, you kill him, you hit him twice and he's dead. But now, like, back then, I didn't know anything. I didn't know about iframes. I didn't know I could roll, so I tried to block everything. It just, it wasn't great. I got parried by fucking hollows. <laughs> so I stopped right after the tourist team, and I was like, dude, I don't think this is for me. Because uh, I didn't know you couldn't pause. And, like, I had younger siblings. I was helping my mom out with some stuff. And I was like, I can't do this. I can't fucking, I can't take breaks. I can't pause. So I sent it back, and... I was away from the Souls games until Dark Souls 2. That, okay. was, that was it. <laughs> so you took a break from Dark Souls. You, you just put down Dark Souls 1 totally, and then... Uh, <clears throat> I just went put down to... Dark Souls and like picked up Mass Effect or something. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask, yeah, were you so... playing like a lot of video games at the time? Were you pretty active? In, uh, well, the... I've always played a lot of video games. I, ever since like Street Fighter 2 on like Super Nintendo, okay. I've been real into video games. I've never really stopped playing them. The best version of Street around Fighter 2. I think that was... Like, Street Fighter 2 on Super Nintendo, like, my brother beat that when he was five. <laughs> five years old, he beat that game. And ever since then, he's been like, he's the god I pray to for fucking video games. Him and my cousins. That's it. <laughs> uh, I guess I should talk about, like, my intro to Dark Souls 2. Yeah, or sure. Gonna so run through Dark I'm, curious, uh, I'm curious what made you, like, having that experience with Dark Souls 1, what was difficult, what made you get into Dark Souls 2? Uh, was there some hype well, around it? I was it, a bit younger. I was a bit younger. It was around 2010 when I first tried Dark Souls 1. So, like, I was younger. I wasn't, I didn't have the patience for it. But uh, 2013, 
2013 or 14 for Valentine's Day, my girlfriend at the time was like, hey, I want to get you a game. Like, what do you like? And I saw Dark Souls 2. And I was like, well, that's a thing I've never played because I bitched out of the first one. And uh, at the time, we had a PS3, so it was free online. And I was like, if I ever get stuck, I co-op with somebody. And she, I was like, yeah, give me that. So uh, she originally said no. That sounded stupid, but that was all a ploy. She surprises me with it. It's great. <laughs> like, I love Dark Souls 2. I mean, now, a few games in, I have some hindsight that maybe Dark Souls 2 wasn't the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, at first hand, I played, and I'm not exaggerating here because I checked my fucking playtime, about 3,000 hours of Dark Souls 2. Oh my god, okay. <laughs> That's a lot of hours of Dark Souls 2. Oh yeah, because I didn't have Dark Souls 1. I got that considerably later. I got that after like my whole run-through of Dark Souls 2. But uh, playing Dark Souls playing Dark Souls 2, it was great. Like, I didn't know about iframes in Dark Souls 1, so I didn't miss them, because mm-hmm. like, you don't really start two with many, because you have the friggin' the stupid stat that's linked to them, which is, I don't understand why I'm fucking from Div that. I don't, I don't get it. Like, why would you link the most vital thing to survival to a stat? Yeah, it's, it was a different direction, and I'm not sure it was one that I was totally enthusiastic about it just and it it kind of goes with the game just pouring souls on you all the time where you can <clears throat> kind of level up as much as you want to almost at any time so i guess it it, it makes yeah. sense but i'm not i'm not like super enthusiastic about it or anything yeah like trying to fight the pursuer with no eyes like that's that's rough stuff yeah it is because i never to this day i cannot parry in dark souls 2 i have executed one successful parry in my three thousand hours and i missed the repose <laughs> oh. I was like, that's this isn't worth it to me. My my girlfriend, the one who picked it up the game, uh, she can she parried the pursuer the first time he did the charging attack, first time she ever fought him, she parries him right away, and I'm like, go fuck yourself. And uh, she really immediately funny. shoots him, kills him immediately. <laughs> and at that point, like I was like, okay, I have to get good at this game because I can't let her be better than me. She doesn't even know about this game. She just played it for fun. She was bored. Sure. So, what, what was I, it about I've Dark received, Souls Two that got you into it more than Dark Souls One? Like, we just had more free time at that uh, point, so you could kind of you could devote yeah, the time to it. Yeah, I had more it. free time. I I lived with her, and like I didn't have the kids around. I was away from home, so I didn't have to pause all the time. I mostly played at night, so I wouldn't have to pause too much. Well, I say pause. I mean, put the controller down and hope nothing kills me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, I played Dark Souls Two the first. Like, I got it. Like, we got back in, it was late, it was like 11 p.m., I made my first character and, like, did the tutorial and got to Majula. That was where I ended, like, my first day. The next day, I played for 14 hours straight. Because I didn't have work that day, I didn't have much to do, I stopped to eat and go to the bathroom. That was it. That's a and, lot of Dark Souls. <laughs> well, yeah, especially now in hindsight, that's a lot of Dark Souls too. That's a lot of real clunky, weird camera angles. A lot of a lot of subpar graphics. Like that's I don't know how I did that because I can't do that now. I can't do that with Bloodborne, and I love Bloodborne. But, like I just I latched on to Dark Souls too because it was really the only game I had at the time. I had that and like Kingdoms of Amalar, which is a pretty good game. That's not bad. But, like, the difficulty, I use difficulty, I make air quotes when I say that, because mm-hmm. Dark Souls 2 is not a very difficult game, in hindsight. 
not that bad. So you can mostly th- hold up a shield and circle to the left. <laughs> well, that's you know, that's Dark Souls. Um, what was your three thousand hours spent doing? Is that over multiple like single player runs? Uh, Is that co op yeah, yeah. runs, took, challenge I runs? What were you doing? Character. I took my first character. Uh, he was just real generic. I used Santier's spear because it was a real cool weapon, even though this was like after the nerf, so it was kind of shit. Mm-hmm. But I used that for a while because I was super generic. Like I stuck to that and uh, a rapier, I think. And a rapier in Dark Souls 2 are crazy. Like they're overpowered through the nose. So I didn't have that hard of a time with it. But uh, yeah, I finished up New Game Plus. Eight. I got the new game plus eight, which is pretty easy to do given the whole shield up, circle to the left strategy, and the fact that you get so many rings of life protection, and they don't disappear when they break. You can just have Lenigrass repair them, so you mm-hmm. have infinite lives in a sense. You yeah, you pretty much never up. lose your souls or humanity if you, if you, as yeah. long as you have three thousand souls to repair that ring, you're pretty good. Yeah, and I would. Uh, not having iframes was a problem for me. Like, I, that was inexcusable to me because when I got to, like, the Iron Keep and stuff, I figured, okay, there's something wrong here. I remember being able to dodge some things in Dark Souls 1. Why can't I dodge now? Because at the time, I put no point in agility or adaptability or whatever the stat was. It's been forever. So I was fighting the old Demon King or old Iron King. And he's real easy for me. He's not that much of an issue. The Red Phantom next to him in New Game Plus, that's a different story. That Red Phantom can go fuck himself. <laughs> that's real bad. This is all well, the... Um, I didn't ask this. This is all vanilla, or this is the Scholar version? Oh, this is, this is vanilla. I, I get into Scholar. Like I picked that up on Xbox One last year, okay. earlier this year. But uh, I was playing on vanilla, and I had a lot of bonfire aesthetics because I never had the balls to purposely boost an area. Mm-hmm. So I blow them all, and I'm talking, like, I burn one at the old Demon King, and I fight him, and I'm like, wow, that wasn't hard at all, because I had the Sunlight Blade buff, and that on a rapier is, that's game-breaking against that boss. He does not stand up very long. So I get, I do New Game Plus, I take all the souls, I pop them, because I was a dex build, and I didn't need the strength weapons, and I didn't want the spell. So I pop them both, I get, like, however hundred thousand souls and i put them all into adaptability and i was like well that was pretty easy i'm gonna do it again so i jump him to new game plus two and the hardest part is the red phantom but you can cheese him with poison arrows and just run around the arena till he dies so i jump him to new game plus two wipe him again new game plus three i think i got his bonfire intensity up to about 35 Jeez. <laughs> so that time, I, I was over leveled through the nose. I'm, I'm just pouring souls at this point. I had more souls than I knew what to do with, but I had all the iframes I wanted and I drank my Estus really fast. So that was all good, but it made the rest of the game a joke because I was over leveled and everything just melted. I was going to ask, you must have just kind of walked through the rest of the game because, I mean, oh, at yeah. that higher level, like it's not, it's not particularly difficult. <laughs> Throne Watcher and Defender still managed to kill me a few times, even at like soul level 200, because mm-hmm. I wasn't used to fighting two guys like that. Remember, at the time, I hadn't beat Dark Souls 1 yet. I didn't fight O&S. Like, I, I got to them 
once because my brother was stuck on them and I was like, you want to try? And I tried and I was like, I can't, I'm never going back to this game. That's a nightmare. So for fighting Throne Watcher and Defender, that was rough for me because I didn't know about summons. I didn't know about like popping effigies to regain all that health you lost. Yeah, I'm at the end of the game. I still don't figure that out. I never <laughs> linked that yet. But New Game Plus, like regular just new game, uh, Throne Watcher and Defender annihilated me probably like six or seven times because I would, I would hit one and then get hit by the other. And I made him a glass, I made my character a glass cannon because I always value stamina more than health. Because if I run out of stamina, I'm dead anyway. Mm -hmm. I would get hit two or three times by the throne defender, the big one, and I'd get wrecked. Eventually I beat him. I crushed Nassandra. Like it's all easy peasy from there because she's not a very hard boss. And then uh, the DLC came out. And like I waited till all three came out and picked up the whole lot. Okay. And that's where my soul level 200 didn't matter worth a damn. <laughs> Cuz they they beat the hell out of me. I think the first one I tried was yeah, I think I entered on Sunken King because I read that was the first one. Like that was the first one that came out and I was like, "All right, maybe these like have little easter eggs for the other ones i'll play them in chronological order holy shit jeremy holy shit they're n they're not easy there's they have so much poise and i had like a miracomo plus 10 that was lightning so i figured out not only are they very elementally resistant mm -hmm. they have poise for days i had to hit them three times to break their, their poison by then they already hit me once so i'm half dead because all they had to do was hit you once or twice and that was it yeah, I went in there with my hex build, um, which was pretty much my primary build. Oh god! The oh no! Vanilla version, and um, just ended up respecking. <laughs> like, just ended up like saying, "Okay, well, giving up on this." And I, luckily, I had enough um, uh, upgrade materials, to, like you know, get a couple of maces or something. I think I ended up with dual maces. But uh, yeah, like <clears throat> going in there with the hex build, which was just using a dagger. Like I, I wasn't doing anything more than a dagger and <clears throat> spells, and it did not work very well. It was really, really difficult. What did you think about the other... Uh, I love um, the other two. Like, okay. I don't hate Sunken King, and it gave me the weapon that I would run to New Game Plus 8 with, which is the Drake... Uh, Drake Blood Greatsword. Mm -hmm. When it's like lightning, magic, and physical. I took that weapon and ran it... I, I fell in love with it. That's what I beat the old Iron King with, like, a million times. That was just my weapon. I fell in love with it. The moveset was great. The split damage wasn't too bad because I would I would keep two. I'd infuse one with lightning and one with magic. I had a friend give me the other. Okay. So I would always be fine if something was magically resistant. I could just use the lightning one. And nothing in that game is lightning resistant. Nothing at all. Not to the best of my knowledge, anyway. Maybe like um, Throne I'm, Defender. Maybe yeah, Throne I'm, not Defender. Really, I'm not really up on my... Uh... On my elemental resistances in Dark Souls 2 because it's been so long since I've really jumped into Dark Souls 2. Well, for good reason, there's better games. I mean, I'm sure we'll get to that, but <laughs> there's better games. What's the point? You want Dark Souls? It's like it's like wanting Far Cry and like jumping into Far Cry Primal. Two is still good. What are you doing? <laughs> but uh, I love the other two DLCs. Like I didn't hate Duncan King. I already said that. That's my fault. But like. Sin was a pretty good boss. Alana beat me a thousand times before I figured out you could summon Ben Hart and that 
pick who only fights with her hands, and they just distracted her while I hit her in the back a lot. And she never really summoned Velstad for me. She did it once, and aside from that, it was just skeletons and pigs. But Sin was cool. I hadn't fought Calamite yet. Well, I still haven't fought Calamite because I haven't played that DLC. But that was my first, like, Souls Dragon fight because I don't count the Guardian Dragon, and I didn't fight the Ancient One. Yeah, because fuck fighting the Ancient Dragon. I, I tried, I've tried a lot. I've tried it with people, and, like, they do pretty good damage, but once I go to hit him, I get destroyed. And, like, this is after the nerf to that one ring that prevents damage from behind, so you could, I couldn't just turn around and tank the fire damage. Yeah, yeah, because... <laughs> It gets, to a, it gets to a soul of a giant, which makes fighting Vendrick easier. But Vendrick's not too hard to begin with. He, he winds up all his attacks. Yeah, he's going to kill you in one shot, but just make sure your weapon doesn't break. That's another thing with Dark Souls 2. Like, I use a lot of whips, and that weapon durability problem is very apparent when you're using whips. That's a big issue. Yeah, whips. And uh, when I got Scholar, before they had patched the Scholar version on PS4, it was... Um... Oh. I was doing like a dagger oh. sorcery build again, and uh, I barely got to the first bonfire in the in the forest before like my stuff started breaking. It was ridiculous. Yeah, I played uh, the unpatched version. As I said, like I didn't have, I don't have Wi-Fi at home right now. I played the unpatched scholar version, and I got the old whip off my first petrified dragon bone, and I was like, I mean, my first like petrified egg or whatever they were, and I was like, that's really cool. I used it; it broke on three enemies, and I'm not kidding. It was rough. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, I kill him in one shot, but it doesn't doesn't really matter. And like I've watched Gary do his uh his whip fest run in Dark Souls 2, and that's a that takes a better man than me because I couldn't deal with that. But I love the other two DLCs, except for like that frigid outskirts. The frigid outskirts thing. Yeah. No, none of that. I don't like it. That's yeah, fuck real all bad. I that's the only no, there's two bosses in Dark Souls 2 I haven't beat. Uh, those two little shit heel snow leopards and the dark lurker because I always forget to do his area before I jump to a later new game. I always forget because I I only recently learned uh, about the whole lighting bonfires in the abyss thing to get to the dark lurker fight. I would just run through the area and jump down at the end and I was like, well, that was that wasn't too bad. But then I found that I have to do it again. <laughs> and I'm like, that's not okay. I don't like that. And uh, like, um, I want to fight the Dark Lurker. He seems real cool, but it's a fun a fight. It's it's hassle. disappointing that uh, it's that's one of the fights that you can't really bonfire aesthetic to fight over and over again. And it's and it's it's one of the harder fights to get to in the game because it's a really neat and unusual fight, especially for Dark Souls Two. Like the music's good, the you know the combat is really interesting. So that's why I don't have the platinum for Dark Souls Two because the only uh, trophy I'm missing is maxing Devotion to a Covenant, and that's the easy one to do. But I constantly forget about it. Mm-hmm. Because unless where, I'm where you... for Grandall, I don't find him. <laughs> I like Grandall a lot. He's he's my um he's one of my favorite NPCs in that game for basically no reason. I just like the idea of like that gnarled up old Xer dude in a wheelchair, like being all weird. I like, it just I like it really it really time. plays my imagination. I like him for that dragon chime. That shit's great. Yeah, he's really easy to kill. He's real easy to kill. <laughs> he is. He has some goofy animations in that chair too. <laughs> oh yeah, like when he casts uh like that one I think he casts a hex to like 
that's like the area of effect hex, and he just gets engulfed by it, and you can't see him anymore because he's too damn yep. short. <laughs> I had a, I had a, for a long uh, time. I had a video of killing him on, on my YouTube channel because, uh, like, it's just one of those things that you just couldn't find on YouTube. So I was like, oh, well, I can fill that niche pretty quick, and just like you know, uploaded it. I think there's like a thousand of them out there now. But yeah, one of my favorite characters uh, in Dark Souls. Uh, nobody, nobody killed this helpless old guy. I'll take care of that. That's fine. <laughs> But, what uh, um when you were finishing King, I, love, I guess go ahead i leveled I, I leveled iron king i've never gotten alone to kill himself but i love that dlc fume knight was the bane of my existence as well as my girlfriend at the time like we got annihilated i mean her more so than me because she tried to fight him like with his two phases whereas i would use Bellstot's helmet and only have to learn one phase yeah. which is the easier of the two in my opinion Apparently that's a mixed call. Some people like how when like when he deals less damage, but I like when he's slower. And by yeah, the I like I, I like him. I like skipping to the end. I have a lot more easier of a time skipping to the end than I do uh, than just like trying to get through his first phase. I don't know why. Like I can avoid his attacks pretty easy on the second phase, but the first phase always trips me up. First phase, I it's hard for me to get used to his slow swings and like my vulnerability frames in that, as well as when he would mix it up to the short sword, which would hit me every time. I couldn't block it. If I blocked it, it broke my poise, and then he hit me again. If I tried to avoid it, it hit me at the end of my roll. It was it was bad. But by <laughs> the end, I beat him with uh, the ice rapier that you get from the Ivory King DLC. Yeah, and that the, wasn't the too OP bad. rapier. Yeah, because his attack frames are so long, like his windups and animations are so long that it's almost always a counter hit. Mm-hmm. And counter hits on rapier, I don't think I have to tell you about that. That that was rough stuff, especially with like the Leo ring and things like that. Oh yeah, yeah, you can you can definitely spec into that stuff pretty pretty well. What is um after you were like what you played three thousand hours of Dark Souls two? Like when would you have considered yourself finished? When was I finished? Probably, probably like a two two thousand five hundred hour mark because the rest of it I just did PvP. Okay. I did that, and recently, not recently, but a few months back, I went back to Dark Souls Two for just like kind of challenge runs, but not a whole run, just like a challenge fight. And I went on Reddit and I was like, "Hey, anybody want to do something real crazy?" And somebody hit me back, and he was like, "Well, I'm real bored with this game, so what do you got in mind?" We took Pyromancy into New Game Plus 4 because we were both just like in the New Game Plus 4 cycle and we fought the Smelter Demon with only Pyromancy. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was grand fun. That was, that was good stuff because me and him, like we stuck to only the fire damage ones. No, like none of the dark Pyromancies, none of like the ones that dealt slightly physical damage. We pretty much stuck with great, great fireball, and he hugged him and just did great combustion mm-hmm. a lot. And it takes a damn long time. But we used that and the items that restore spell uses because obviously we ran out, and he wasn't anywhere near dead by the time we ran out. So we had to distract <laughs> him and just kite him around while we restored spell uses. Mm-hmm. That was that was the most fun I've ever had with that game because at that point I thought there was nothing else that game could give me. And I hate that fight to begin with. I always need Lucatiel, and then like I respec into a caster to get Dark Orb and kill him. That's the only way I do it. I don't fight him melee. Gotcha. What game did you move on to 
from Dark Souls 2? Uh, from there, well, I played Dark Souls 2 all the way up until Bloodborne's release. Okay. And at the time, I didn't have a PS4, but my friend Steve did. So I went over his house one night, and I didn't know that he had a PS4 or Bloodborne because I met him like that day because he was a friend of my girlfriend's. I went over, and I was like, oh, shit, you have a PS4. And then I saw Bloodborne. I was like, oh, shit, you have Bloodborne. And <laughs> at the time, we had spent most of the night playing Mortal Kombat X, and he was destroying me because he's a god at fighting games and remains to this day. And I was like, would you mind if I played Bloodborne? And that became a like a tradition from there. I would come over, play Bloodborne, because I didn't have the system at home. So I played it vicariously through my visits at his house. And I love that game. That, that game had to take is... forever, huh? <laughs> it didn't take too long. I, I was there pretty often. And when I was there, like, he understood the love of a Souls game. So he, like, that's pretty much all I did for the, like, a few times that I was there. I pretty much... I'd play him in fighting games for a while, get tired of getting annihilated, and then move on from there. And that game caught, like, I, I died Bob next to the fire than I did probably anything in the Soul series. That might be a slight exa exaggeration, but they beat me silly. Can you, can you repeat that? You kind of cut out. You said you died more times to the what, by the Oh, uh, the mob in Central Yarnum killed me more times than probably anything in the rest of the game. Oh, really? That first, like, group of, like, four or five dudes that you find on the, kind of, the, the main four path? Four or five. All right, I didn't know about <laughs> the two groups that come down the street, so mm -hmm. tack them into the mix, because I just went down and turned right. Like, I ran to that point, so the other two groups weren't there yet. So I didn't know about gotcha. them. I got got shot in the back immediately by that guy who stands up next to the carriage like i just got smashed because i only knew one path through that area which was just go straight and try to fight them all at the same time and i had the threaded cane which is pretty good for crowd control but, but the attacks come pretty slow in whip form mm -hmm. so they were hurting me in between my attacks and there's no poise so staggered to death what um like what was the adjustment like coming from uh, Dark Souls Two, which as you mentioned was kind of like hold your shield up, circle left, and then wait for an opening to go to something like Bloodborne, where you don't have a shield, you're expected to move much more fast, much faster, um, and you don't, as you say, there's no poise, so you're constantly being staggered by enemies. Like, did you have a, a difficult time with it? Like, did it did it take you a while uh, to adjust? Well, you feel that in for yourself, Jeremy. Uh, that group in Central Yarnum still has my blood stain on it somewhere, I'm sure. <laughs> that that was the, my learning process. I did not move on from that area until I killed every single one of them mm -hmm. in one run, until I could clear it. And at that point, I knew the rest of the game. Like, I knew how to dodge. I knew all of the Threaded Cane's attacks. It was, the adjustment was rough, but I managed to kill that werewolf with my bare fist. Like, that nice. first time you come down, mm -hmm. I managed to do it because I was terrified for my entire, like, I was terrified for my life. How did the like, uh, change know. of setting and tone to strike you like change with the... setting i love it i love the change of the setting i love like in the beginning i love like they talk a lot of sugar on dark on bonfire side chat about this but i love how in the beginning it's just you're fighting werewolves and then about halfway through hp lovecraft comes in and introduces you to eldritch horror and i love it i'm a big lovecraft fan i love that they implemented that into a souls game that was fantastic 
like the setting's great. I mean, maybe too many churches. Maybe. <laughs> too many stuff with peaks. <laughs> too many, too many columns. Too many, too peaks. many peaks. Yeah, that's why a lot of people don't like the Forbidden Woods because you can get lost. I like that it didn't look like everything else in the game. I actually kind of like it that you could get lost in there. Like at the time I was playing it, it was frustrating. Uh, but now going in there, it's it really feels it almost feels like you're playing it for the first time every time because I've I've probably been through that game four or five times, and the the Forbidden Woods is still one of those like how do I get that one particular item that's on the side, that hat thing from the that's all orange? Like it's it's stuff that I have to think about every time because it's so confusing. And I very, very much enjoy getting lost in these games. Like, that's one of my favorite bits. The armor set you're referring to, the Gravekeeper set, I yeah. only just found out about. Like, I just made a, <laughs> you know, I made HP Lovecraft in Bloodborne, and I was looking for a suit of armor that looked like a cultist. And I, I found that online, like, on the Fextra Life wiki, which, for some reason, Gary doesn't like. I, it's fine. I don't... It's okay. But I used like that wiki plus YouTube videos to finally find that. And that whole like series of walking on trees and things like that, I had no idea existed. I, yeah, I yeah. didn't have the slightest clue. So it's, it's really weird. Like there's some stuff in that game that's, that's pretty strange. Like even on top of the, like just normal strangeness of that game, like there's some stuff in there that's pretty weird. Yeah. Did you find it? Did you find it pretty difficult? I find it to this day, probably to be the hardest souls game probably and that's mm-hmm. taking into account dark dark two dark three uh and bloodborne and neo if you want to count that it's not really a souls game to me yeah i'm not it's this is one of the few um uh, times that neo has come up on this podcast as something that's since it's been out uh, and it's it's not something that I, I particularly care to talk about on this podcast because, like, my experience with it is is very. It's so not a Souls game, like, in, in just so many ways that I care about Souls games. Uh, and and before people out there like jump on me, like, I think it's a good game. Like, I, I've played a few hours at the beginning, and like, I'm really really into it. What I've seen of the middle and the back end, like, seems really really interesting. And I really can't wait to get back to it once I finish like my backlog glut of humongous open world games that I'm addicted to right now. But uh. It's Horizon Zero Dawn. Horizon Zelda and Nier. And like I've got all three. <laughs> I don't know why I bought these three games. And also I bought Neo too, because I'm a fucking idiot apparently. <laughs> all four just sitting on my I PS4. I didn't buy Zelda. Neo. I didn't buy Neo. I'm borrowing that from the same friend that I played Bloodborne with. Like gotcha. I played at his house. He got Neo and he beat it real quick because he's a fan of Ninja Gaiden and Bayonetta. So he was used to that play style, the Team Ninja and Koei Tecmo implement. So he ran it real quick and was like, you want to borrow it? And I was like, yeah, sure. So I've been playing it. Like, I'm prepared to talk about it if we were to get into that, but it's not a Mm -hmm. Souls game to me. It never was. Like, yeah, it's slightly difficult. Newsflash, guys, it ain't. It's not Dark Souls 1 difficult, and Dark Souls 1's not even that bad. Yeah, I have a... I I don't really particularly think... Like, the the difficulty level of the Souls games are so overblown. And to, like, make a game difficult Uh and to call it, like, oh, yeah, then... Now it's just like Souls. Like that's that's so not what Souls games mean to me. Like they can be difficult. Like they can be very punishing. Um, but they're not just difficult for the sake of being difficult. With some exceptions in Dark Souls Three aside, which is where I think like the marketing became the game in some ways. But um, and even in Bloodborne, like there's some HP bloat in Bloodborne that I'm not a particular huge, particularly huge fan of. But uh, for the most part, like the games aren't like that. Like they're just not like 
hey, here's 4,000 enemies. You have to kill every single one of them without using your health all in five minutes. Good. Like, it's not that kind of, like, NES, Ninja Gaiden, or whatever uh, punishment stuff. So. Yeah, like, uh, you ever tried go? How long has it been since you went back to Dark Souls 1? Not long. Um, I, I, I was, when it went to, uh, when it got on the backwards compatibility list on the Xbox One, I picked yeah. it up and I was with the idea of like streaming a, uh, I was going to recreate my Karmic Justice build and do some, like, I was going to do it all on stream and then like stream some invasions or whatever, but I could never reliably stream from the Xbox One because that console is aggravating to deal with. Uh, so it's been like a couple, I guess a couple of months now since that happened, but I played through all the way up to the Taurus even, I think. Yeah. Uh, Dark Souls 1, when compared to like the speed of Dark Souls 3 and Bloodborne, is a real kind of walk in the park. Yeah, agreed. And well, I haven't spoken about Dark Souls side of when I gave up on it. Uh, I recently went back to it when it was backwards compatible on the Xbox One, and this time I had a whole bunch of fun because I would only play at night. I was smart enough to only play when I wouldn't have to pause because that's what would get. Like I would get into it, I'd get like into my little flow, and then I would get taken out of it by having to mm-hmm. stop and do something. Yeah. Uh, I loved it. It was a real good game. I didn't die. You're going to think I'm lying here, but I'm not. I made it from the start of the game, through the gargoyles, through Blight Town, the front doorway, because I didn't know about the back door, all the way to Quaylag without dying. I had not yet died. I can see that. Like, if you have the experience coming from the later games going into Dark Souls, like, a lot of the gotchas in Dark Souls 1 are more, like, you don't know the game's mechanics. Like, they aren't necessarily, like, um, step on this trap and you die. Okay, now you know not to step on the trap. Like, it's not that. It's like, okay, learn what poison is because the Capra Demon is going to stagger you if you don't know what it is. Learn what stability is, or otherwise you're going to get knocked the hell out when the the Capra Demon hits your shield. Like, if you know those systems going in, like, Dark Souls, it's really, really simple. The Capra Demon to this day is something that I dread every time I walk through the fog door. Every time. Because I typically will start a dex build or like a light armor mage. I've done like every build that you can think of through that game. Uh, And he typically hits me right off the bat because I ran in the wrong direction, ended up against the wall, and got annihilated. And... I mean, I fought him once with my strength build in Havel's armor, and that was that was hilarious because he tried to hit me. He hit me. I kept going. It took out like a twentieth of my HP, and I just kept on going. And then I beat him silly because with toys, <laughs> the Capra Demon is nothing. He's a little baby. We've talked a lot about um, kind of the mechanics of the games that you've played, and like the dealing with bosses and going through the world and things. What do you what do you make of the story? Are you a guy that goes to YouTube and devours all the lore content? Are you trying to develop some of those stories internally before you go seek them out? What, how do you approach it from that, from that angle? Uh, well, I've never gone into any of the games outside of three completely blind. Okay. I've either watched a Let's Play of them or I've just watched so much lore that like I understand the game by the time I watch it, but by the time I actually get to play it, which I'm fine with. Uh, some people hate spoilers. And like, in general, for movies and things like that, it just kind of makes me more excited for mm-hmm. it when I finally get to it. Like when I found out the Nameless King was Gwyn's firstborn, I immediately got super, I got super pumped. And I was like, holy shit, I get to fight the firstborn. So I got to him and I'm sure we'll get to three in general, but I beat him mm-hmm. eventually. <laughs> but like spoilers for like the story for me 
guys like Vati, guys like Dave Klein, Silvermont, uh, even like the little insights that Bonfireside Chat offers that most people like will miss have informed me way better on the story than I ever could have figured out on my own. Yeah, same. I, and I'm I love it. Particularly great at putting these putting these pieces together myself. Uh, I mean, just, I only uh, have one theory that I hold to myself that most people that nobody agrees with because everyone thinks I'm fucking crazy, but nobody can really give me an opinion on it. And it's something to do with three. So if anything, we'll jump into three now, I guess, because we're about yeah. that point anyway. Share, share, your, uh, share your very unpopular theory. <laughs> all right, my very unpopular theory, mainly because it's too detailed. Like, I wrote it to Bonfireside Chat for this to be on, like, one of the questions they did on the appendix episodes, and they, they skimmed me, I guess, because I'm too fucking too out there. But uh, Osiris, the consumed king, the wannabe Seath guy. Do you remember yeah. him? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, some people, when I bring him up, like they don't figure it out until I say that guy with the no wind-up charge attack that kills you. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> I, 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 like, I like that guy a whole lot, by the way, just because he screams ocelot at you while he's trying to fight you. Like, that's just... Anytime bosses start talking to you I, is, like, my, my entire jam. I love it so much. I like him because I, he was the bane of my existence and beat me silly, but I finally managed to fight him on my no-shield build with a chaos plate, and he didn't touch me once. And I recorded it and everything, so it's proof. He didn't touch me <laughs> once. Was I a bitch the whole first phase and shoot him with a bow and throw lightning urns at him? Bet your ass I did. But uh, for the second phase, I mostly just kept him staggered with Chaos Blade because you can hit him in the head, and when you do that, he becomes a dizzy little baby. But my crazy theory is, uh, all right, you know how he's got the baby, and like it looks like he's holding him and stuff? Uh, my opinion, that baby's long gone in mm-hmm. the sense well if you go through like lothric and well lothric's robes it says that the royalty resorted to like drastic means in attempt to like harness royal blood right okay uh, i think osiros consumed ocelot in an attempt to like achieve a sense of power from his royal blood and like ascend and get stronger. I believe okay. he he ate that baby. And so you believe why, he chowed down on, on, on the baby. Oh, I believe he chopped him up and made little baby chop suey out of it. I believe he gobbled that shit right up. Okay. I mean maybe not literally like through the mouth, but he consumed him in some sense. Okay. And I believe after you get him to like a quarter health or whenever he transforms, because he transforms pretty early for a Dark Souls boss. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe at that point when he screams Ocelot that's the personality of like his little baby dragon like his dragon child taking over because that form is a lot more primal it's more aggressive it doesn't have much logic to it he no longer speaks to you mm-hmm. I believe like that's the personality of Ocelot taking over because okay. he doesn't he wouldn't know anything. He was an infant. He doesn't know anything about he doesn't know how to speak. He wouldn't know how to contain himself. He's just a beast. And like that that works pretty well in my head canon. Okay. That work that works as well as anything. I mean, where the hell's the baby? Yeah. Yeah. Unless something the, in the new DLC has that baby. <laughs> Krusty's coming, guys. Krusty's coming. <laughs> and Baki has spoiled a few things on the DLC and I know that answer. I'm not saying it in case people don't want it. But he's gone yeah, through the DLC. Yeah. He's like he released a page about it, and I read it all because I love spoilers. Yeah, 
this podcast will come out after the DLC does, but I don't want to know about it because. Uh, oh, don't worry about I, it. I'm not saying I, it. I totally get where people come from because my wife is like this. My wife is um, a person who would rather know that a character dies on a TV show so she doesn't have to be tense about people being put in jeopardy. Um, so she she oh, really enjoys like, spoilers. But um, for for stuff like Dark Souls, like I just. <clears throat> I just want to put blinders on until like a new game appears in front of me. Like I don't want to see anything. So. Yeah, but uh, for the most part, I'm a big fan of Dark Souls Three. The sport, the story beats don't work for me. How you fight the last boss, like how, when you fight the last boss, you never heard of him. That doesn't really work for me because he was just a guy that he was just waiting there for me forever, I guess, and that that's a hard sell for me. But I love the game. I love how it feels. I love how it plays. The no poise thing is, as it was with Bloodborne, a bit of an issue. It's a little hard to get used to. But I love the game in and of itself. I like like the dual weapon sets. I like a lot of the bosses. Like, in general, I enjoy the game. Mm-hmm. And it's the only game that I've ever gotten a midnight release for. Oh, yeah? Like I live I live in a pretty small town by Pennsylvania standards. It's microscopic in the sense of like bigger towns and bigger cities. Nothing. Mm-hmm. And my local GameStop, the manager is a big Souls fan, so he insisted on being able to do a midnight release and they let him and people showed up. People came for this shit. <laughs> well, I'm sure he felt pretty good about that. Oh yeah, I imagine he made great sales and made like his boss look because his boss was probably like, it's not going to sell. It's not going to work out. Well, a bunch of people showed up. At least, I mean, it's not much, but there were probably like 90 people or so. And for Mount Pocono, Pennsylvania, that's a lot. Yeah, that, that, that does seem like quite a few people for, I don't know how many people show up for, I've, I don't think I've ever shown up for a midnight release before. I did, I got a Wii when like Target had them at like 4 a.m. or something. Like that was probably the closest I can, but I don't think I've ever showed up somewhere for midnight. Uh, well, I only got it because, because I had picked up like EA UFC 2 and it wasn't great. So I called up my local GameStop and was like, hey, this game isn't great and there's some bugs. Uh, I would like to return it. And the manager, the Souls fan, was the guy who picked up the phone and he was like, is there anything else you want? And I was like, well, Dark Souls 3 comes out pretty soon. He was like, come on down and we'll exchange that for a pre order of Dark Souls 3. And I was like, holy shit, that actually worked. There you go. Well, yeah, I picked it up on midnight, played it till 5.30 in the morning. I got to the Abyss Watchers uh, that first night, and by then I was so sleep-deprived, and I was tired. My reaction time was slow, and they promptly destroyed me three or four times, and I was like, that's all I can take of that, and called it a night. <laughs> Since then, I've gone back. I've done every boss in the game solo, mm-hmm. because as I've like, I'm without internet connection at home. I beat them all solo. People think it's impossible to beat the Nameless King by yourself. Uh, I have video that says otherwise. And, like, I love the game. It's it's good. The story beats work-ish, kind of. Some. Some of the story beats work. I like the NPCs, kind of. Like, they work for what they need to be. Yeah, that's, um, it's, it's, it's a game where the the components are all very good. It just doesn't add up to like the the total that I want it to. Like it doesn't add up to the whole that I want it to be. Uh, so I'm I'm a little bit disappointed in it as a whole. But like it's still probably next to Bloodborne the m- most fun Souls game to play. Like just from a pure mechanical standpoint. That's how I put it. 
That's how I put it. It's a very fun game to play. It feels good to play in the sense that it's very responsive. The speed is good. Like the frame rate, I don't think I've ever had much of a frame rate problem with that game on the PS4 anyway. No, um, if like most of these games, if you get into a uh, like a situation where you have multiple summons at one time in kind of an intensive area, you'll you'll see some dips. But I'm not one of those guys that like really complains about that stuff too much. Um, like it, it can bother me if it's detracting from the experience. Uh, like I'm playing Zelda on the Wii U right now, Breath of the Wild on the Wii U, and the, the frame rate on that can be kind of dodgy at times. But the game is so much fucking fun that I, I don't care. So who cares? Yeah, my mom's a big Zelda fan. She's playing through it. She hasn't said too much about the frame rate. She's digging it, though. I mean, she That's likes great. it. They got Dark Souls in my Zelda, as everyone literally has said everywhere on the internet. Oh, whoa, there's Dark Souls in Zelda? It's, um, right. it's, it's got some, it's got some, like, crossover, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, like, every game has, like, Dark Souls elements now. Like, in Nier, you go get your, um, you go get your, your bloodstain back, basically. Um. Yeah, I was watching my brother play that last night and uh, last night or the night before, and he uh, died and forgot to pick up his mm-hmm. chips. Like he forgot to pick up his body, and apparently, like he had an, like he was freaking out about it. He was like, "No, there were some really good chips," and like he was on a Discord call with his friends or something. He was like, "I lost a lot of my chips. There were some really good chips there." And one of his friends recommended that like he reload his save, and thankfully yeah. that worked. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, my brother insists on playing games. At their hardest, like their hardest difficulty, because he's convinced that's how the developer intended for them to be played. Otherwise, why make the difficulty? Like, why is that an option if that's not how they intended the game to be played? Interesting. Which, there's some credence there, but me and him have had long conversations about that. He's not changing his mind. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't so, necessarily agree with that, but I can, it's, it's a totally valid opinion. Like, um, like if you want, if you, that's what you want out of video games. If you want that challenge and if you, you know, you want that, that's literally why those modes are in those games are for people like him. So I don't, you know, if that's the way he oh, wants yeah, to play games, but, yeah, up, that seems fine. Uh, Dragon Age, for instance, he plays that on the hardest difficulty and it takes him two hours of boss fight. It's crazy. Yeah. See, that's where, that's where <laughs> difficulty starts. Yeah, the like I, there's a certain amount of like I only have so many hours to play video games per day, and I'm, like the, the the idea of doing stuff like that just just and I've done soul level one runs, like I've done you know blood level four runs. I yeah, I've done, done I've done stuff like that before, and it's very very time consuming. How do you but, do it in Bloodborne? How do you manage do that? How do you manage that in Bloodborne? Like with blood level four, did you do like the chalice dungeons in that run? Did um, you, that? you can, um, and it's. It, it can be worthwhile to do so. Um, like if you're, it depends on what kind of like resources that you're going for. Um, but like normally you would just kind of uh, any soul level once blood level four run that I've, I've ever done. Like I always want to do as few bosses as possible. Like I just want to say that I beat the game. So like what something like 40% of bloodborne is optional. So you can just like kind of mainline it. Oh yeah. And a good thing about Bloodborne is you at least get guaranteed three weapons that you can use because I think blood level four starts with the ability to use the cane, the cleaver, mm-hmm. or the axe. And the cane is, is, is one of my favorite starting weapons across any of the games. Oh, I love it so much. And like when I started my Lovecraft run, I took that as a starting gift because uh Lovecraft is like early England. I view him as a bit of a gentleman, even though his personality would suggest otherwise. Uh, like, I used that cane because it seemed like the right choice. And I had a lot of fun with that build. That build was great. It was the first time I ever went full arcane in Bloodborne, and it worked out with some slight difficulty. 
Well, um, we're in kind of an interesting time with uh, Dark Souls right now because we've got one DLC left to come at the end of this month, uh, and then we don't really have anything on the horizon. And what, as as a big fan of the series, like where would you want to see them go with like their next quote unquote Souls game or Souls like or whatever that is? Like, what what is the ideal uh, John game for you that from Software can make next? Bloodborne Two. Okay. What what is Bloodborne Two to you? Bloodborne Two is, I mean, don't call it Bloodborne Two because I feel like numericals after a title is a thing of the past. It worked then. It doesn't really work now. Call it Bloodborne, hyphen like Bloodborne colon something. I don't know what mm-hmm. you call it. I'm sure from 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 Miyazaki will figure it out. But it's that game. But having learned from some of the problems that people had with Bloodborne mainly uh, grabs. Grabs in Bloodborne irk me to an extent because you can't regain the health that you lose. It takes too mm-hmm. long and you lose it. So they're uh, a blood vial tax. It's rough. But ideally, Bloodborne 2 is very much Bloodborne 1. I mean, carry on the story. I don't know how you carry on the story because Bloodborne story wraps up pretty well. But maybe this time, like the canonical ending is that German killed you and you woke up. But now you go through the waking world. I mean, I can't sell the story for that game because I don't have the mind for it. Sure. Yeah. But, uh, but you, want, you want more Bloodborne, not necessarily more Dark Souls after Dark Souls 3. I mean, I'm fine with more Dark Souls, but with some of the problems that I have with 3... Uh, mainly like how they felt like they were grasping at straws with the story. I feel like they, they have run out of room mm-hmm. with the, the Dark Souls. Like they run out of stuff. And the, the last thing I want is for the Dark Souls name to be tarnished and like put to shame and people like it to become something that's synonymous with a bad game. People have problems with Dark Souls too, but I don't want it to be a universally panned game that has the Dark Souls name on it. Because I love gotcha. this series. This series is it's been good to me. From software is great. Miyazaki is a genius. So I don't want them to go back to Dark Souls if they don't have something that'll that's worth and uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Unless they have something that is worthy to the title of Dark Souls. Gotcha. Not just because Namco handed you a big big sack with a dollar sign on the on the one side of it. Don't do it. Because they paid you enough to do it. Do it because you want to. Do it because you love it. And I don't know, like, I would want them to be Bloodborne because I feel like there's still some unanswered questions in Bloodborne. There's probably some things with the choir that we could learn about. I mean, there's some things in general that Bloodborne left, like, a lot of, like, a lot of lore notes that didn't really get fully fleshed out with Mm -hmm. Bloodborne. Off the top of my head, head uh like willem i would like to know a little bit more about because he's pretty much a guy you see in a cutscene and a comatose dude in a wheelchair <laughs> <laughs> i like that like for his... i don't know what it is about <laughs> characters in wheelchairs and dark souls that I, I apparently have an affinity for i just realized like that Grand- between him like and grandall <laughs> weird uh, an odd dude i guess DLC, the dlt for bloodborne answered a lot of the problems with the story in the main game. Like, they introduced Lawrence. They really filled in why German is imprisoned. And I've never gotten that little 
audio quib where you see him resting and like he has a nightmare where he calls to Lawrence for help and stuff. I've never had that happen. I it I don't know. It just never does. But hmm. like that answered a lot of questions there, which is where like with Bloodborne 2, where do you take the story? That's why I feel like it has to be original because most of the story is wrapped up in terms of major turns and major characters. I mean, I can't think of anyone who w- didn't show up except for Murgo. Yeah. Murgo and Odin, both great ones, are the only two things we don't see in Bloodborne off the top of my head, like, major character-wise. Yeah, because we get, we get a lot of uh, exposition, basically, in, uh, in the DLC, where we see a lot of the char- people that were missing from the main game. So they kind of took care of Archibald. that. We never see Archibald, and I would have enjoyed that. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Like, you just fight a hunter fight, and he just uses, like, all the lightning abilities. Even, like, maybe he throws, like, a grenade, like, a Molotov cocktail, but it's, like, a grenade, in a sense, and it blows up with, like, a lightning explosion. I would have been all for that. Yeah, that sounds pretty cool. Well, John, thank you very much for uh, spending about an hour with me today. I, I very much appreciate you taking the time. Can you tell people where they can find you on the internet? Uh... I mean, I don't have much of a presence online. I'm typically, I'm just a Souls fan, but uh, I believe I'm Johnny Jackpot on Twitter. I could be wrong about that. Okay. <laughs> For the most part, most people aren't going to want to find me. They're going to want to find you, Jeremy, because you're great. And this is an awesome podcast, and I had a slam of a time. It was great. Well, you'd be, you'd be surprised because a lot of times when an episode comes out with someone, like, there's a, there's a pretty healthy community of Souls fans that are... are I won't say necessarily around this show, but it's kind of sprung up between Bonfire Side Chat, Twin Humanities, and the show, and uh, some other podcasts that are out there that they all like talking souls to each other. So, Well, I'll good. tag you on Twitter. That way, like, I'll tag Don't Give Up Skeleton on Twitter so that people can see, and, like, I'll post my contact info there if anyone's really cool. interested. Or I'll post it on Reddit. Yeah, that'll work. <laughs> all right, Jeremy, I had, a, I had a blast of a time, and thank you very much for having me. Thank you, man. Again, I very much appreciate it. As always, I've been your host, Jeremy Greer. You can find me on Twitter at JG Greer. You can find the podcast at don'tgiveupskeleton.com, where you can download and stream episodes. You can also find links to all of the various social media. Check out our Instagram at don'tgiveupskellies, where I post brief previews of each episode on the day they come out, which is every Wednesday. Thanks, as always, for listening. It's very much appreciated. If you have like a couple of minutes, go leave me an iTunes review. It can kind of help grow the show and get, get people to notice it. And it also makes me feel real nice. And remember, after all of that, don't give up skeleton. And we're good. Oh man, that was a blast. I mean, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Thank I you again. This this is fun. I mean, it was just really cool. It was great. Like, I don't have too many people to talk souls with that are going to indulge me to that extent. <laughs> I, I know the feeling. Believe me. My cousin's a busy dude.